Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. So it seems as though every phone call, whether it's to family or to friends or to people even that we work with or do business with, begins with a, how are you doing? And sometimes we say that to people and, and it really doesn't mean what it says. It's really more like, hi, uh, we really don't want to know how they're doing. At least that's how it appears sometimes. But right now in this time of social distancing, it, it, it's pretty legit. Every call before we get into business with people is just a, hey, what's going on? How you doing? You okay? Um, how can I pray for you? Um, how you feeling? How's this impacting you? How's the family? Whatever it might be. More than any time I can remember, I, I feel more recollected. Perhaps it's just because I'm not moving very much. Um, I'm tired of sitting in this chair. I get outside, go for a walk, even played some golf the other day. But we're just not as active as we typically are. At least I'm not. And as a result of that, my mind is somewhat more, maybe actually a lot more attuned to God and what he's doing in my life right now. And so when people ask me, hey, how you doing? How can I pray for you? I tell them, you know, this has really been a, a time of great grace for me, uh, but also a time that's been uh, quite painful, uh, at least at many moments. And, and the pain uh, is a grace, and it comes from this ability to be recollected. My prayer at least mine, I hope yours is too, just seems to be um, not so much rich, that wouldn't be the word I would use, it's more I'm able to get to the heart of the matter quicker with God right now. And I think part of that is because this experience of being apart from the people that we're normally with all the time, of not being able to do the things that we like to do, of feeling like we're constrained and almost imprisoned in our homes or our neighborhoods or outside of six feet from another person, this, this uh, experience has kind of brought to the surface, for many of us at least I know, if they, as they shared with me, and I know it's true for me too, all sorts of things which are kind of lingering in my life. You know, people often say stress brings out the worst in you, but it doesn't bring out the worst in you. It just brings out what's really in you, which is a rather humbling and sometimes humiliating reality. And yet, there's a grace in that, because as these things surface in our lives that maybe we're not all that proud of or that frustrate us about, you know, how we struggle with things, uh, attitudes, words, uh, actions, whatever it might be, memories from our past, those things are, are being surfaced so that we'll bring them to the Lord and the Lord will heal them. So Jesus in the gospel today, today reminds us that he has come not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And I might just encourage us today just to insert our own name there. So as you struggle with things, as you perhaps stare at, because maybe you're able to be recollected more in a way that 
you aren't normally. And you see these things in your life that you're like, well, that's not exactly the proudest moment. Uh, Bring them to Jesus and hear the Lord say, hey, I didn't come to condemn you. And then insert your name. I didn't come to condemn John. I came to save John. Which, oh, by the way, implies um, quite strongly John is in need of being saved. And so are you. And so we don't have to run from the Lord. Instead, the Lord's asking us to run to him with these things, uh, whatever they might be. Again, uh, patterns of speech, attitudes, thoughts, uh, whatever. Bring them to him so that he might bring healing to them. I came across a line the other day in a book that was really moving to me. It was a reflection on the story of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. So Hagar, if you remember, is Sarah's mistress who Sarah gives to Abraham as a concubine because Sarah can't conceive. Sarah's going to go on to become the mother of Isaac, but she's barren at this time. And so she gives her maid to her husband and Hagar conceives. And then Sarah drives her out of the house because she's made to feel uh, envious of Hagar and the child that she's conceived. And Hagar leaves Abraham's home and she's wandering in the desert and an angel of the Lord comes to her in Genesis chapter 16, verse 8, and says, where have you come from? And the, the author of the book was just making an observation on that line, that that's a line the Lord wants to say to each of us. He, he wants to get into a conversation with us as we uh, continue to go through these days and are able to be recollected and are looking into our lives perhaps in a deeper way because we have the time and we're more attentive to his voice. Where have you come from? And it doesn't mean here, you know, like, well, I came from God. He created me out of love. No, it means like, what's my story? What's the origin of my story? What are the roots of these uh, attitudes or habits in my life? Again, patterns of speech or thoughts or whatever they might be. Where do they come from? And oftentimes we just don't want to deal with that stuff. But the Lord asks the question because he wants to expose them, not to, not to humiliate us or to shame us. He wants to expose them because he wants to enter into them. You know, maybe it came from a, a difficult childhood. Maybe it came from uh, parents who got divorced. Maybe it came from uh, abuse that we experienced. Maybe it came from having been bullied when I was a kid. Maybe it came from just not being very athletic or not being gifted intellectually or not being the popular kid in school. It's almost always something that happens in our youth. Where do you come from? That's the source of so many of our our wounds, and our wounds are the source of, uh, or the roots of, so many of the things in our lives which are surfacing right now in this time, which are painful for us. And again, God wants to remind us he didn't come to condemn us, he came to save us, and it's okay to say like, hey, I need a savior. And I, for one, need a savior. I might simply encourage Y'all, to to think of doing what I felt like the Lord uh, helped me to do this morning, I've always felt like one of my favorite psalms, one of the first psalms I tried to memorize, is Psalm 103. And it's the psalm that opens up the Office of Readings this morning. It's a great hymn of praise to God for his kindness and his patience. And what I felt like the Lord led me to do today was just to, almost after every line, insert my name. 
And so I'm going to read at least part of this and just encourage you perhaps find some time today with the Lord and do something similar if you feel so moved. So I'm going to read this the way I felt like the Lord led me to read it, and then I'm going to encourage you again to to do this if he so inspires you by putting your name where I'm going to put mine. Give thanks to the Lord, John, and with all your being, bless his holy name. Give thanks to the Lord, John, and never forget all his blessings. It is he who forgives all of your guilt, John, who heals every one of your ills, John, who redeems John's life from the grave, who crowns John with love and compassion, who fills John with good things, who renews John's youth like an eagle's. The Lord does deeds of justice, gives judgment for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to Israel's sons. John, the Lord is compassion and love. John, the Lord is slow to anger and rich in mercy. John, his wrath will come to an end. And John, he will not be angry forever. He does not treat you, John, according to your sins, nor does he repay you according to your faults, John. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so strong is his love for John. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove your sins, John. As a father has compassion on his sons, so the Lord has pity on you, John. For he knows what you're made of, John. And I might add, and where you've come from. He remembers that John is dust. As for John, his days are like grass. He flowers like the flower of the field. The wind blows and he's gone. And his place never sees him again. But the love of the Lord is everlasting upon those who hold him in fear. His justice reaches out to children's children when they keep his covenant and truth, when they keep his will in their mind. The Lord has set his sway in heaven and his kingdom is ruling over all. So give thanks to the Lord, all his angels, mighty in power, fulfilling his word, who heed the voice of his word. Give thanks to the Lord, all his hosts, his servants who do his will. Give thanks to the Lord all his works in every place where he rules. John, give thanks to the Lord.